Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cinephiles Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a great, great guest, Tammy Baird, the actress, stunt actress. She's worked on mocap. She's going to tell us her, or tell her entire story of working on films to working on TV shows. Top class. How was everybody's New Year? Went back. How was your New Year? Now, what is your movie of the year? That that's going to be the question of the day that I want to ask. What? I want to know what is your your favorite film. Now, I have I have one already booked in my brain, so I'm going to keep it right there. I'm going to ask Tammy in just a couple seconds because I can see her on the line. I'm going to ask her in a couple of seconds, what is her favorite film of the year? I don't care about the decade. I only care about the year. Yeah, just make it easy. Favorite TV show. What was your favorite TV show? Give us a call. 515-602-9609. I see everybody in the chat room as well. Thank you for being here. I see our guests here. Thank you for being here as well. All right, let's bring on Tammy. This is a... You don't want to hear me jabbering all day long, do you? Hello, Tammy. Hello. Hi. Hey. Oh, everybody's so excited to have you on. <laughs> so kind of them. Hello, everyone. <laughs> now, now, before we, we, we get into to anything here, like, we'll, we'll, do you have a favorite movie of the year? Um, well, you know, I, I'm re-watching a lot of movies uh, right now, uh-huh. um, and I just watched the night before last, Jojo Rabbit again. Jojo Rabbit and by Taika Waititi. Fantastic. I love Jojo Rabbit. It was yeah. amazing. I mean, to bring some humor to a not humorous time. <laughs> right, right, right. And he had, that, he had that really surreal touch of having to be able to oh. really give you a grounded, detailed story, something that's really horrific. Uh, exactly, exactly. And then on the different extreme, I just finished like two minutes ago rewatching the second Maleficent, <laughs> and, I, and it's it's so different, but I love it because it's such a beautiful story, just about love, right. and kindness, and compassion. So I know they're two completely different styles <laughs> of film, but I just yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. I know. That's such a I'm contrast so right there. 
It is, but isn't that how what life is it, supposed to be? It's it just, should be like know. that. Yeah, I agree with you. It should be like that. Have you had a chance to see 1917 yet? No, I got to see that. That's oh. the one that I'm just waiting, waiting to uh, just get some time to sit down and watch that. Yes. Yeah, that 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 is my favorite film of the year. Uh, by oh, far. Oh, I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. Okay, right. I'll do that tonight. I yeah. And I, I've loved a lot of films that came out this year, and I would say Endgame is really high up there. And I, I, I don't understand why movies like Endgame don't, don't make it to the Oscars. It doesn't make a lot of sense when people pay literally a trillion dollars to see a film, why you would, you know, box it out of, you know, the, the film industry. That doesn't make a lot of sense. But it does make a lot of sense that they, they, don't, they don't bring stunt people in there as well. So, so it does make sense in the long run that they, they don't understand the big picture of things. But before we get into any mm-hmm. politics and things like, like things like that, let's go back to where you began. Now, now you were not born far from San Francisco, right? Like somewhere near Dublin. It, oh my gosh, it's like one town over from Dublin. Well, yeah. two technically, uh, Livermore, California. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have my family in Dublin, so when I oh, saw really? where you, I'm like, oh, I know exactly where she came from because I was wondering where you came from. I'm like, I know exactly where she came from. Yes. Oh, that's so awesome. I um, yeah. will meet people from Northern California, but not so close to where I'm from. Yeah, I grew up in Livermore, Pleasanton, and Dublin. Those three yeah. towns. I call it the Tri Valley. Yeah. It's my little triangle of life. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> nephew just got married over there in in, in Dublin uh, just a little while ago. I had a plan to. Uh, they have great uh, Philly ch- cheesesteak houses over near near there. They have one <laughs> that has the bell on top of there. They have the sweet peppers and the hot peppers. Oh my God, it's so amazing. Uh-huh. Oh. oh, I love that. Oh, I love it. Um, I always love hearing stories just from my hometown. So anytime someone like <laughs> knows about it, I'm like, oh, yeah. And like being from Livermore, uh, right. you know, we have, well, first home of the Livermore Rodeo, which is amazing. Wow, yeah. And then our wines are, we have such amazing wineries yes. that people don't know of because everything is, you know, Napa. Napa, yeah, right. the wines in Napa are amazing, but Livermore, you know, oh yeah. gosh, if somebody California goes wines there, are amazing, yes. Yes, I agree. I like to drink local, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you grew up there, you know, and what's interesting about that spot is that it is far enough for somebody to dream about LA. I mean, it's just that far no. enough for you to go like so what 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 did it take for you to make that decision? Did you have support from your family along the way? Did you go to school I plays? Did you have school plays? I did have support from my family. Um, yeah. That was one thing that was so awesome. So I wanted to be, like, growing up, all I ever wanted to do was be an actress, a model, and a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. And I think Get the Dallas Cowboy here. cheerleaders. <laughs> well, I think, well, one day my grandpa was watching it. My grandfather, who just I love and adored, he was, like, my yeah. best friend forever. And I know that sounds weird that my grandpa was my best friend, but he was. No. I love my grandpa no. so much. But he Makes total always sense. would watch football and I remember being young, a young girl and seeing the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders <laughs> and I love their outfits and yeah. they horseshoes on the butts on their butts and they yeah. were having so much fun and I was like I want to do that I want to have fun <laughs> you know everyone's cheering for you so right. I, um, I never became a cheerleader ever not even right. in high school but um, I always remember that that was 
the one of the first careers I seeked. Right. I thought, That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but you wanted to be a model or an actress. Now, where, where did that come from? Did, did it come from a slow influence of just growing up and watching films? Did, were your parents specifically in the field? What, what do they do as well? Did, are they in this field? No, not at all. Um, I um, have this amazing father who adopted me, uh, who wow. was an attorney. He's now passed away. Sadly, he passed away. Um, he was awesome. That's where I get my last name, Baird, from. And then nice. my mother did real estate. So, uh, and she's wow. awesome. Yay, she's still here, which I love because she's amazing. And I, I, I yeah. love my mom. Yeah, she's she drives me crazy in the best ways, but um, I just adore her. And uh, even yeah. though, like I said, she drives me crazy in the best ways, she's made right. me who I am, which is strong and independent and that's um, interesting isn't it when they drive when they drive you crazy it's it's really when they create that that concrete strength in you it it really does um she's been blunt um a lot of tough love from my mother very very tough love and just speaking um like it is she doesn't um uh anything yeah right and and i i respect her for it i do have some of those traits myself and most people (laughs) don't appreciate them uh i would never i would never guess that of you (laughs) never never i've I've met i've met you several times and and every time i look you in the eye it always reminds me of somebody of like i'm going to welcome you and if you're not nice i'm going to tell you to go away very simple (laughs) stuff i can just see that in your eyes like whoa that's this is a pretty confident lady right here. Yeah, well, I, I do think it's very important to be honest and straightforward, you know, and so right. I try to be that. And right. I also try to be kind because we are humanly, so yeah. Of course. <laughs> thank, of and course. thank you for that compliment. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Oh, no, no. I, I've always admired your work. I, I met you at the Tours Awards. I've seen you at a couple of the other stunt things that we've done, like the bowling and things and things like that. Um, <clears throat> softball, I met, you, I met you once before as well. Uh, but but I've always known you to be a very consistent humorous and kind human being. So I've always wanted to have you on my radio show to discuss your career and, and how it continued on. So your, your father and your mother, uh, you know, God rest his soul, your father was not part of this uh, industry. So when, when did you start finding your grip in this world or, or that this is what I want to do kind of feeling? Well, when I hit, um, you know, my teens, I was mm-hmm. five, seven immediately. I think I was five, seven at 12. And wow. so everyone thought that I was going to keep growing. And my mother, um, you know, she always was so fashion forward and just gorgeous. She was, my mom is, she still is beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about right. like my, when I was younger, like I would just look at her and sure. just be in such awe and she'd have all these magazines. And I was like, my mom could be a model. I could be a model. So then, <laughs> um, she and she encouraged me. And, you know, it was so funny because my grandma would be like, you got long bird legs. And I was like, thank you. Um, so, my, again, like I said, I had the support of my mom. So right. I was a model in San Francisco, being so close to the Bay Area. My mom right. would take me to the modeling agencies there so I could get representative, excuse me, representation. And, um, and I was able to model because I was so young and right. um, tall. And I just, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And San Francisco uh, was great. And I also got to model, you know, eventually all the way all over the world. I modeled in Europe and it was fabulous. And then um, it got to the point where um, I wasn't, you know, I I wanted to be a supermodel, but it wasn't happening. Um, And so I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to stop this, but let's find 
act, you love to act. Let's keep it going. And my agent would throw me in on commercial auditions. So I was like, okay, now I got to learn. You, how to you, you saw how many, you it. saw how many models tried to act and they just straight out failed. What does it give you yeah. the gusto to go like, you know, I want to do something else with my career, especially since you're already established, you already know people, you're already in a field now. Now you're you're asking to switch over. What gives you that confidence? I know. You know, again, it's probably just from my mom and my grandmother. I got to give my um my mother's mom, my maternal grandma, a lot of credit for uh, right. the strength that she instilled in me, and she's a, a being a go getter. You know, my grandmother right. was the uh, one of the few female um, horse trainers in her industry at the time. There oh, were really? not many female trainers. Yeah. So um, my grandma, because I lived with my grandma for a few years um, at Alameda County Fairgrounds in Pleasanton, California. We lived in a tack room. And a mm. tack room is just a tiny, small room with nothing, you know, to go to the bathroom. Wow. To go to two barns over and use the restroom. So um, she was just very independent and fierce. And she raised myself, my brother and my cousin for several years. So just being strong and knowing that if you want to do it, you do it. So my mom and my grandmother instilled that in me. So now to answer your question, I was, it's just something that always calls to me. Like I kind of just have always been about the theory of yes. And if something feels right and, um, you know, I just, I, I love acting as well. And it's this great make believe and you get to be this and it's very therapeutic. So I started reading everything and who can I study with? Who can I talk to, you know, and um, right. talk to my agent, give me in more auditions. And I did a lot of commercial work in San Francisco, but I got to get, I had to get my butt to LA. Yeah. That, that was, <laughs> that was hard for me to understand. It's like, you know, you know, somebody asked me recently, you know, why wouldn't they just stay? Why wouldn't somebody just stay in San Francisco? And I'm like, it's just, it's not the media capital. I mean, it's so, I mean, we're all California. But if you yeah. if you want to be a playwright, San Francisco is a thing. If you want to be a clothing architect, San Francisco is a thing. But to be an actor, I don't I don't know if that's a thing. How did you How did you survive in that environment? It, well, you know, um, it was hard. Like I was a medium fish in San Francisco, you know. Um, right. But the time came. Um, like I said, you know, I kind of just go with where I feel I need to go. So it's kind of a funny story. So everything just lined itself up for me to move. Um, and I was working on the Matrix Reloaded in San Francisco, um, just doing background driving. And right. I thought it was the best thing ever. I met tons of stunt people when we started to do second unit Wait, on the Matrix hold on a Reloaded. Second. So, so you're just asked to be a driver in this film, just a normal driver? Yeah, just a normal driver. It was... Um, <laughs> Uh, Bill, oh no, what was LA, LA casting? Um, yeah. It was Bobino casting back then, but I believe it's called SF casting. So uh, right. they called one day. They're like, hey, we have this um, job coming up. You know, do you want to do background driving? Um, we didn't know it was the Matrix Reloaded. I think back right. then they were calling it like Harley Man. You know, it, it had a fake <laughs> name to it. And so I was like, yeah, I'll do background driving. So I got to set up a story first. Um, that happened. So I got that call and then, and so we weren't supposed to start it for like three weeks and like three weeks, we're going to start working on, I think it was in um, April. And Mm so um, like right after I got that call, I I don't know what the timeline is. Let's say a week for argument's sake, my house burns down where I was living in discovery bed. Get out of here. uh -uh, Burns down. 
And um, so I was gone because I was working a job in San Francisco. All my roommates were home, so they got all their stuff out. <laughs> and right. my stuff, the only thing I had was my jewelry box. They managed to get my jewelry box and nothing else. So when I wow. came home from that job, all I owned were literally the clothes on my back, my car, and this jewelry box, which I find precious because it has rings from my father, my grandfather, stuff like that. So I was grateful to have that jewelry box. Um, So now I'm working this job on the Matrix doing background driving, and I have – that's it. That's my job. That's it. And I (laughs) I, was staying then with my mom because now I had nowhere to live. So then I had to go stay at my mom's in her apartment with my other sisters. Mind you, I'm the eldest of six. So it was very – tight and cozy and uh <laughs> yes so when that show wrapped i was right. like what am i gonna do i have nothing to do i have nowhere to go um i have a jewelry box and a car so right. i was like this is it tammy this is your time to move to la put up or shut up go try and do your career and make it and see what happens if not you're going to regret right. it just staying in the bay area so that's did, did how you, it did all you happened. find out you were doing matrix reloaded when you were on set yeah, when we got there, and then, you know, we had to sign our NDAs, and you can't right. tell anybody or anything like right. that, uh, and it was super cool. It was right. it was such an amazing experience, and it really did turn my whole life around. And I mean, that, me that must have really inspired you when you came back to, like, I've already done a huge film. There's no reason for me not to think I'm not going to work once I moved to L.A. It, well, exactly. And and it was so funny because uh, before I got called to do the, the background part on it, I remember yeah. I wanted to carry Ann stand-in. I was like, oh, I should be Carrie Ann stand-in. Hopefully they'll <laughs> hire me and I could be her stand-in. But uh, right. to be a stand-in, you had to be union. And I wasn't union at the time. I was still not oh. union. And, and somebody else got it. But it was better that I wasn't her stand-in because I worked for like – two and a half months as a background driver on this film, which was huge. You know, I got to meet right. the directors. I got to meet all the stunt people, all the actors. And I mean, the catering on that. Oh my God. I've never been so spoiled. <laughs> it was totally catering service. And like, I think it was like the last Friday of every month, they'd have a sushi chef come in and ice sculptures. And I was like, oh my God, LA is so glamorous. It was amazing. It was such an amazing <laughs> That was incredible. Experience. Yeah. And then, when oh, you, then yeah. you come back to San Francisco and then it's time to move to LA. Uh, and, and you have your, your first movie is really huge as far as like, you know, going. But what, what is it like moving first to LA? What, what do you do? The first thing I did was um, sign up with a um, background uh, company because mm-hmm. I like again I still wasn't union yet, so right. I had to find work and as a bartender also, so I had that skill. So I I called some connections mm-hmm. in um, with my San Francisco or my Bay Area friends. I was like, okay, who could get me a bartending job? Thankfully, I got um, a job at a restaurant that's no longer around in the Valley uh, called Prezo, and so. I bartended there, and then I did a background in the day, and right. um, and it was great because I learned all about blocking, social etiquette, what to do on set, what not to do, and really uh, learned my uh, blocking. You know, it's it's a right. great experience, and and people knock it, people put background work down, but without background or atmosphere, whatever you want to call it, all you have is right. two actors in a room talking. You no, need absolutely. background. 
Now, what, so what, 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 are, what are a couple of things that you learned from that, from that situation, from being in background? Because you're obviously not the star. That's what you want to be. And a lot of people are thinking, you know, I have aspirations to be a star. I'm going to make, I'm going to take advantage of this situation. But you obviously have a more of a sophisticated look at being a background artist. What, what did you, what did you learn from that situation? I learned how people treat one another because you really can watch how people are treated. Um, you know, not everybody treats each department with respect and, you know, and you get to see that, but you know, granted, some people just have bad days. So if someone snaps at you cause you're just there having a bad day or it trickles down, you know, and, and that's just how it goes. But um, like I said, I really learned a lot about what's expected of you in this business. This business is business. It's not, Hey, go there and let's make friends. It's really, it is a business. So um, just watching things, being quiet and being more observant. Uh, so I could learn behavior and what to do and what not to do. Right. And then you moved on from there. So, so when, when did you get your first, uh, your first gig leading into something or when, when did things start like to change for you? Like my first stunt job or? No, like no, when, or, no, no. When did it first acting? like turn over for you? It just even transition from like being background to something new. I mean, there's gotta be well, some kind of catalyst for that kind of situation, right? Um, kind of. Yeah. So I, um, I was doing a lot of background work and I think, uh, you know, everyone liked me. I, I do think I'm mm-hmm. likable and I started booking these small, like, they were still in a background um, voucher, it's called, but they were, right. like, featured. So I would, uh, I did this one that I absolutely love. It was on a TV show called Less Than Perfect. And um, I got to be this glamorous um, date of Eric Roberts' character. And I was yeah. so featured. I was so featured. And it was everything to me i was like oh my god i get to be around eric roberts and you know it was just the whole show i mean the cast was amazing and they were so nice and kind and it was shot right up the street from my house i was living in studio city on colfax and it was at cbs radford i could have walked but i was like oh he deserves a drive to work so uh but i got to be his date and i had so much featured work and then from there i started getting a lot of featured background work and my Mm. face started being more seen and then I was like you know Tam you gotta up your game and I, I think at the time I was doing like I, I always say like I had my bartending job had to support right. my acting career because <laughs> I would just put all the money back into acting classes you know and just trying right. to get more work and I was getting more auditions and a right. lot of callbacks but I wasn't booking anything and that's so frustrating because you just get a little tease like oh they like you they called you back but they're not going to use you. Um, was, there just, in, so, Tim, was there something in your head that like Meisner or Chekhov, something you were looking at as far as a leader or, 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 or somewhere in acting? Was, was there a style that you desired? Repeat that again because you broke up just a little bit. So, so, so in, in film, so you went to acting classes. Were you looking for Meisner, Chekhov? What were you looking for as far as yes, teaching you how to Meisner. act? Meisner for sure and Uta Hagen Um, you know I was just everything I'm just like a sponge you know I just like to absorb everything because everyone's right obviously things work for everyone so I was like well let's see what works for you Tam and um, you know I was training with um, Aaron Spicer for years and he was amazing and um, uh, you know just being just really in the moment and and reacting to the actions and um, you know, uh, it's, 
I don't know if I'm articulating or, or answering this correctly, but yes, all of it. I wanted to train with everyone mm. and I wanted to know everyone's right. method on acting, you know, because I want, if it worked for one person, it has to work for me, you know? So I trained and learned everything. Like I said, I had no money because everything went to acting <laughs> classes, you know, right. and training at the ground, the groundlings was my favorite. I think I'm hilarious. So I was like, I really? got the groundlings. You and, should be training uh, the groundlings. That must have, yeah, that, that must have been tough. Oh my God, it is because you know you you have to be in the moment and really fast and <laughs> stuff happens and and yeah. trying to um and it helped me to like I think I'm really nerdy and I say it not trying to be trendy because I know now everyone's right, like oh right. I'm a nerd I'm like you're so not a nerd <laughs> shut up but like <laughs> but okay it's so cute yeah go hashtag nerd but like right. um, I feel always felt like I'm really dorky and even my mom used to call me a dorkahannas. And I thought it was a compliment because that meant I was the queen of the dorks. But like, right. <laughs> um, like at the groundlings, everything is cool. Like it just every you just accept it. I was like, oh my god, right. anything I do is good, and I'm not going to get ridiculed or made fun of because you want it to be funny. And so the groundlings was like, I'm home. Like it felt yeah. so good. Like. When I was training at the Groundlings, I was like, SNL, here I come. Like, I was, like, ready. Like, I'm going to be an SNL player, and this is where I want to go. And, uh, yeah, I think I went off subject. But, again, you just never know where each path is going to lead you. So I just – but I would right. do everything. Like, let's just do it and see what happens. Right. Now, were you doing any kind of mocap work along this along this time, or did that come on later on in your career? That came later on when I was in stunts. Um, mm. That came much later. So, okay. Yeah, so, much what later happened, on. so, so what happened with your your first acting job that actually put you? So, other than the, the one where you, you actually played one of the leads, where you're like going on a date, so you had that one thing going for you right there. You're super happy. What happens next that transitions you into uh, acting, like full time? Um, okay, we we got a little. We got uh, well full time. I don't know if full time actor has ever been. I mean. A full-time wannabe actor, for sure. Like I was always a bartender. <laughs> no, you, you, you've been you've been part of so many projects that I, I've seen almost every single thing that you've done, which is hilarious to me. Thank you. Bam. I mean, you've you've <laughs> been in everything. I a lot. I was looking at your IMDb, and I'm like, are you? This is hilarious. I don't even have to fake about <laughs> seeing any of your stuff. I've, I've seen everything you've done. Like there was oh something, God, you know what I mean? So there's something about your life that had really made you who you are, which is incredibly powerful in the field that you're in. But there had to be a oh. traditional moment that, that led you from being just that girl from you know, Pleasantville, from, from Dublin, from, that, from this area over here, to being what you see today. So there, or, or at least the transitional person we see today. Well, what, what happened to to get you other than the Matrix and other, other than that that one acting gig? Was there something else that got you into stunts? Maybe, what was it? Uh, well, stunts was an interesting transition because um, I ne- I never thought I could be a stunt person. I had a lot of friends that were stunt people, right. but I didn't think like me. No way. And it was <laughs> I was I was <laughs> no seriously. You know, like you're big. You're five foot seven. I mean, you're you're, you're not a you were not a, tall, you're a small girl. So. It's hilarious to me to think that you wouldn't think that I can take like I can take like a punch or a, a fall to the ground or I can be one of these experts. Well, no, 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 not at all. So, so when I um, it, it's hilarious too because anybody who knew me before coming to LA, 
And then when I started doing stunts, like, wait, what? So I <laughs> was always, I, I want to be in heels. I love heels. I love makeup. I'm a girly girl. I mean, granted, right. growing up, I was a feral, wild child on the racetrack, climbing trees and stuff. But as a as a teenage girl, I was like, ooh, I'll drink some champagne. Yeah, that's right. I drank champagne as a teenager. Don't judge. <laughs> but like, I, <laughs> I have a great mother. Um, okay, we're going to get her in trouble. Also, modeling, they give you champagne, okay? Yes. <laughs> on set. I've, I've been on set but, a thousand times. There's always a little bit of champagne for everybody. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, stunting was a whole new world for me and mm. uh, to fall down on the ground. But I was a clumsy kid. My mom used to always say that you're so clumsy, Tammy. Well, that helped me when I segued into stunts. I'm like, oh, I know how to fall now. I've done this a thousand times. Um, but it was on Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I booked a small little stunt acting role. And um, it was a, it changed my entire life. It changed everything for me was that film. And sadly, the scene that I was in was cut out because they had three different endings for the film. And what oh, really? I did didn't, didn't make it. Yeah. But there is in one of the DVDs with Doug Lyman, he they right. show footage of it. And I'm like, yes, there I am. Um, <laughs> but it was a little it was a little stunt acting part. And me and my partner, um, played by uh, Hank Amos, who's an amazing stuntman, he um, and I were to see Brad and Angie in this, like, Ikea S store. And um, I see Brad and kind of give him a, like, hey, I see you, but I got to kill you look. And Angie sees that. She shoots me. Then Brad has to then shoot my partner. So we die and we fall down. And um, everything changed in that moment. I've uh, said this before. I call it my Tennessee Williams cat on a hot tin roof moment like when I got shot by the squibs I heard a click and it just changed everything and was like this is where you're supposed to be and um and yeah and that and and when I say Tennessee Williams cat on a hot tin roof moment I mean without the booze I was not drinking (laughs) (laughs) I was just sober for work I'm a professional (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but if you if you if you know the story then you everybody will get that so yes um and it just changed my life. And it, and it was that moment, that particular stunt acting role that changed me to segue into stunts. And I have nice. been working professionally as a stunt woman since 2007. No more nice. bartender. What, yeah. did, what did your mother think the first time you were doing stunts? Did you, did you tell her that you were oh, doing stunts? <laughs> yes. She's always, always going to be my mother. And she's <laughs> always going to worry. But she trusts me. And, um, but, you know, as, as a, as a protector, as a mother, she's just like, ah, Tammy, what are you doing? You know, she wants me, (laughs) my mother would love it if, you know, I book more acting roles and stayed safe. Um, because like I said, she's my mother, but she's always been supportive of me. Um, but I know it, it, it it hurts her just a little bit because I am her firstborn and I'm her favorite daughter. Just kidding. (laughs) I have five other sisters. They'd be so pissed that I just said that. So you have, you have five other sisters. Are, are any of them in the business as well, as, uh, like like you are? Um, no. Uh, well, my 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 youngest sister Angelica is an online streamer, um, okay. but she um, is not um, an actor or a stunt person by any means. And right. my um, uh, two, all of the other three are married. You know, one tries to delve. One is in fashion, and the other two. Um, are up in Northern California. Uh, my sister Brittany is a banker, and my sister Shannon is like amazing. She runs a um, her husband's uh, her and her husband's company, and she takes care of a farm and two children. So uh, we're all 
I know. And and just when she tells me about her day, I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exhausted just listening yeah, but, to her. I think it's a lot of work. Yeah. But only my sister Angelica is closely in the industry. And my, I mean, my sister uh, Mercedes, like I said, does fashion and she's opening up her own store. But no, nobody really works the way I do in the industry. Angelica right. would be the closest. Yeah. So what was the first? I mean, I, I see that you're uh, an Iron Man. What was the What was the first thing that that you did that caught all your family's attention? That, that everybody kind of perked up for? Was there a particular project? Well, I I think that would honestly have been the Matrix because mm. it was shot up in Northern California, and even though it was background driving, it was still really cool. Like, ooh, you're right. around all the actors now. And I had done background work in San Francisco on other things, but they were like, oh, okay, Tammy, whatever. But I feel right. – like, and, and I will say this. Probably because Keanu Reeves is in the Matrix, that's probably what perked <laughs> up every one of my, my mother and my sister's ears. Like, ooh, Keanu, you know. And so you know, I thought that you know was – You know they're going to do – you I, know they're going to do a fourth film. Are you, are, do you think they'll uh, call on you to maybe uh, – as a background You know artist. what? They're um, – well, I would love to be more than I would love to do stunts, and I do know yes. uh, the people who are working on it, um, and it's being oh, filmed do. in San Francisco. Which, yeah, so who knows? We'll see if my schedule allows it. See if I get the call. Are um, you joking like whether I, my schedule allows it? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes That's it's crazy. Conflict, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, I know. Well, I, work, I work on this amazing show that I love called Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, what a great show. And, yeah, she's in Austin right now, and I have been working on the show. I've been so grateful to work on the show since season two, and yeah. we're now in their, our sixth season. And We're way, we're way ahead of ourselves on this conversation, by the way. Oh, we're, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We're, we're so ahead of ourselves on the subject I'll because it's, it's a wonderful I, one. You, you, this, this show is a fantastic show, and, and I, I, I really sincerely adore it. Uh, I, I've been always been a huge fan of the comic book, and to see it come into uh, into the foreplay. I mean, from the beginning, I'm talking about even from the from the Walking Dead episodes as well. So I've been following this thing all the way back. How did it feel to be part of the, of that series and and joining a team so tight knit on what a narrative is going to be? Oh my gosh, it is awesome! Like I love it. So I love playing creatures. And not, you know, human. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love being a human and, and doing those roles. But, like, um, for stunts, being in the prosthetics, I love it. And every time I say that, people are like, you like being in prosthetics? I'm like, yes, please. Like, the grosser and the <laughs> disgusting it is, like, the better. But it's just different mannerisms, you know. And, and then being a walker on Fear, The Walking Dead, it's amazing because – you know, each um, any project you watch, the, the uh, walkers, the zombies, infected, whatever you want to call them, they right. all walk differently depending on that um, director's you know vision. So um, the fear walkers are amazing, and like we're so hungry, we just lead with our mouths, and I just love that. I love being all gross and disgusting, and then right. wrap, you know, take off my makeup or the prosthetics and put on some and let my skin breathe again and be glamorous. I just love that make-believe. It's so much fun for me. <laughs> that almost doesn't make any sense to me at all, but I, I think where you're coming from. You know, you're coming back from modeling and then wanting this st- stuff like prosthetics on your face and crawl out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, that 
quite an eclectic human being to want to do something like that because somehow I, my brain does not want to narrate those two together. <laughs> well, it's so, I know it's so funny because people are like, even like you know, I'll see you at an award show, and I always feel like I look very glamorous and and you know, kind of put together. But then it's really fun to go to work and just be like my seven-year-old self and get to like, you right. know, be wild and do things that I um, wouldn't do in my regular life. And I, I think it's what kind of right. keeps me young and it keeps me like right. fun. So what did it like to work it on set? Did, did you have a good time with with the crew and the cast as well? Um, I will say on on Fear the Walking Dead. Yes. I will say yes on fear and every project I'm on. I'm very lucky and I work with great people on fear the mm. walking dead. It is amazing. My bosses, James Armstrong and Jack Tamplin are awesome. They're so nice. calm, cool and collected. They know yes. what they're doing. So there's never any stress or yelling because they already know ahead of time what they're doing. So when we're told what to do, it's smooth sailing. You know, right. and all the, the I mean, just my prosthetics, you know, the um, effects makeup team on that KMB is rock solid. You know, they, they know what they're doing. And it just makes the experience so much more pleasant. So when I get to set, you know, um, again, you know, we have these amazing directors. I can't, I don't know how many times I can use the word amazing or awesome. Right. But we have <laughs> the directors, they know their stuff. We, we're told, we do it, you know, we go. It, and it's it, just those are great episodes. It's really nice to know that they're really great people as well. Oh, yeah, great people. And in Austin, I don't know the name of the caterer, but oh my God, the food is so delicious. <laughs> and it's so hard. Because you're you're one of the you're one of the very few actresses that think just like me. Where where craftsmanship is, is one of the be, the most planet Earth. I'm telling you, oh. there's nothing freaking hard in having a great meal. Oh, food is the best. Um, yes. I, I think I broke. It. It's it's the best. And my coffee and tea. Does I need some sort of caffeine? Just to always be ready right. there, just in case a right. little pick me up, but. Oh, yeah. No. Um, if you didn't have a good catering and good crafty, everybody would be reliant on bringing their own snacks. So appreciate that. <laughs> nasty. But, you know, you haven't done just dramas and just dramedies and things like that. You've done comedies. So you've done like the uh -huh. opposite. You know, what was it like working on, on those shows that were more comedy based, like The Office, which is really a, an amazing show. We all know. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to talk about it at all. But what is it like? To, to be on that show oh my gosh first off uh, my inner monologue a lot in life is like hey tammy don't geek out be cool be cool but like here's steve <laughs> carell coming up to me and i'm like okay cool tammy be cool yeah yeah hey what's up? but like my inner monologue cracks me up on a daily basis so going there and working on the office <laughs> that's what it was like i was like be cool be cool and then i think on uh, the episode where i'm the waitress when uh, Steve Carell knocks my tray uh, with his um, pool cue or pool stick. Uh, he was right. being cool Steve. So I had to be uh, like, his character was cool. I'm like, I'm cool too. I'm cool waitress. It's hilarious. My internal monologue makes me laugh. So um, that was hilarious, but that was a hard one for me because I used to be a cocktail server. So I've been shoved by drunk customers and not drop my tray. So here I am doing the scene with the tray of cocktails and I know how to save a tray, but I'm like, no, Tammy, you just let him hit this tray. You let him hit this tray. <laughs> and he did. Yeah. 
Wow. That's a lot of commitment. Yeah, it is. And they're, yeah. And they're a fun cast. I mean, sadly the show's over, but like yeah. you could, when you're on, when I was on that set, you could tell why that show was such a success. Like they're right. a tight knit group and just kind and fun. I had a, I had a blast on that one. I was really yeah. bummed when I had to wrap. There's been a few shows that I'm so, when, when they're like, all right, that's a wrap on Tammy. And you know, everyone's like, yay. And I'm like, no, I want to stay longer. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, that well, was one. You, you, all the way forward, let's go to Modern Family. You know, you worked on Modern Family, which is, you know, like I told you, when I look at your IMDb, I just laugh every single thing you've been in. Modern Family is, uh, is one of the, one of the best comedies on the planet earth. Uh, I've always loved that show. You're now you were on that show. Now, how did that feel yet again to come out from from somewhere else to enter a family that had already been for quite a long time? Yes. So, uh, one, I'm very sad because this is the last season of Modern Family, and that's I know. Sad. But, uh, yeah. So it's more like, how does it feel, Tammy, to double the most beautiful woman in the world? <laughs> like Sophia Bavaria is so beautiful and they're like okay you're gonna double the most beautiful woman in the world with the most amazing body and she's just gorgeous it's so intimidating and scary and i'm like okay and even when i first met her i was like okay don't look at my face because you're gorgeous and i'm average looking but i'm gonna (laughs) double you and they're just gonna see me you know it's like again like it's just i kind of like nerd out a little bit and and she's so beautiful and i mean i've said this before but like you see her on TV and she's gorgeous. She, I've seen her when she has no makeup on and she's even yeah. more beautiful. She is just, really? it, God, just, yeah, God took some extra time with her. She's, she's so beautiful. And, she, and she's, she's very wonderful kind, too. You know? Yeah. She's, she she's commonly known as being a very kind and wonderful person in her private life. Is that oh, true? And she's hilarious. Hilarious. Um. She's so funny. Yes. So, um, so, so anyways, going into doubling her, that's more what I was more worried about. I was like, is she going to look at me and be like, no, or like, oh, that's like, as a stunt person, as a stunt double, do I always worry <laughs> if the actor is going to look at me and go, wait, you think I look like that? No, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this girl. No. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I've heard that's happened, you know, so. Um, so Sophia's wow. great. You know, she um, lets me do um, whatever they want me to do. You know, some, some of the actors really want to do their own stunts, and that's fine. You know, it's not the right. Tammy show. It's the whoever. It's their, their show. And Sophia's right. great. She's like, oh, let her do it. Have her do it. Um, and, and I love that. So I get to have a lot of fun. And everybody on that cast and crew is uh, great, you know, um, I just did uh, an episode just aired that I worked on on Modern Family called The Prescott, and we were oh, in yeah. a um, water slide, you know, and so yeah. it was great because I got to, uh, first off, I didn't like being in a bathing suit next to Sophia. That was very intimidating. <laughs> but, uh, you know, because uh, like I said, she has a gorgeous body. And so, yeah. um, but but we got, I got to go down a water slide, you know, and, you know, I had to go down very fast and, and it was awesome. And it was, it was a good time. Uh, you know, right. so I love anytime they call me to, um, to work on the show. It's, it's amazing. And I'm very right. sad that now it's come to an end. This is the last season of the show. You know, you, you've been consistently working for such a long time. There, there's something integral to your personality that's obviously, you know, centering people around you. What, what do you think it is about you that, that, that gravitates people in your direction? 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, because I feel I'm kind of nerdy. I'm often intimidated by people, uh, you know, because I, I'm around so many smart, smart people. But I think maybe, I, I don't know, that's a toughie. Maybe just because I'm just me, you know, I'm just, I'm just straightforward and I, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm nice and kind and uh, funny because I think I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why people. I do like that people like me. I love that. I absolutely does love it. Does it, it work? I, does it work? Are you friendly in your environment? Or you know, you said you said earlier about being quiet because of your background work and understanding how background, you know, really worked the way you, with with profiteering later on. Do you think background kind of taught you how to how to kind of politically work in the environment that you're working in? Um, yes. Yes, for sure. I, I definitely think that has um, something to do with it. Um, I also think, too, you know, I had an, a, a unique upbringing and was in a lot of environments that maybe children shouldn't necessarily be in and just, you know, trying to, you know, just watching human behavior, um, you know, and, and I, I think it's important to not always, be the center of attention to, to be the person who's observing. Cause then you get to see behaviors. Like if someone's sad, you know, and you could, you know, kind of give them a little attention, you know, in that direction, you know, just watching. Cause, well, let me um, ask you a question. Were you, were you a model during like the Drew Barrymore years? Uh, cause those, those were like some, so some rough and tumble years of being a model because you don't have a lot of oversight. Mm-mm. Um, it, you know, I was, I feel like I was always a model, like in the nineties modeling right. was awesome. You know, I mean, that's when right. the term supermodel came out and I wanted to be a supermodel and, but I never was, you know, like I was doing runway shows with these famous supermodels, but I wasn't one, you know? So right, I was right. always like on the, I was never just there. And I just, I believe it's just that the universe didn't want me to soar. Maybe it would have led me to a different path than to get me to where I need to be now. Um, and I don't know why I'm always just kind of at the borderline, like to where I could be more successful, but it keeps me down. Maybe it's my personality. Maybe I'm doing it. You know, I don't maybe, know. Maybe it's a project that you're going towards just when you, your instincts are just right. Yeah. And, and I'm fine exactly where I am. Like I've always wanted to be this, working actor but I never had to be famous like I would love to be that person that you know people are like maybe they don't recognize so I could go to the grocery store with no makeup you know what I mean like no uh, or I always recognize you wherever you go you're a very recognizable personality and you're not a personality you're not a wall exude energy so it's not like people can avoid you once you enter a room they have to at least look at you thank you thank you well, you want to hear what's funny is, um, hmm. so I have this acting part on Twin Peaks, uh, the third season called Twin Peaks, The Return. And I play this character of Lorraine and she's awesome. And I love Lorraine so much. Um, but my voice, uh, one time I got mad at something and I was on the phone privately talking and I was like, ah, and I got mad. And after I got off the phone, someone very politely came up to me and said, excuse me, are you Lorraine from Twin Peaks? And I was like, like all flattered, like, oh, my God, I'm recognized. Oh, my God, it's happening, Jeremy, it's happening. And, and, um, and I was like, oh, my, you 
because I was just so I probably turned like five shades of red. I was like, oh yes, I am. Right. Thank you. And they're like, we recognized your voice, and I was like, oh, that's even cooler. Um, so it is. Um, I always think that's interesting. So, did you ever think about going into voiceover work? I have thought about it. But there's people who have, like, amazing control on their voice. I, and it's a tight-knit group, um, the voiceover um, industry. But, yeah, I would love to just get paid to talk and put words into yeah. my mouth. That's my dream. <laughs> yep, you, de- you, you definitely have the personality and the vocal, vocal tones to go into voice work oh. without any doubt whatsoever. So let me, let me ask you. So, so you, you start working – on comedies, you start working on on dramas. You're going all over the place now. When do you start getting the mocap? Now, what does mocap fit in there? Is that, is that like the? Because that's almost like voiceover. It's it's really a job that not a lot of people know about. That's a necessity in Hollywood. Yeah, the motion capture work is fun. I haven't done it for a while, but when we were doing Halo Four, I yeah. think I don't know how many Halos there are now, but Halo Four. That was amazing. Again, going back to how I love creature work. So I first started doubling the female characters on Halo. So I'm in this very glamorous spandex uh, onesie. (laughs) I've seen those before a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, if you if you have any body like self conscious, like I was like, what? <laughs> oh great! Oh no great! For me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lasagna. Thanks. I'm gonna. That's I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Thanks. You know what I want? I want a salad. Somebody give me a salad and a cup of water, really <laughs> yeah. fast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you worked so on Halo was, Four, so that's fantastic. Oh my goodness, it was amazing. I had so yeah. much fun on that. And doubling all the females was great. And then one day I got to double one of the characters. His name is Gek. He's this big creature. And it took me a while. I only did it for one day. I I don't want want to make sure people know I I wasn't Gek the whole time. But just one day. And it was so hard because now I had to walk like a male and not even a male human. He's a creature. And it was really interesting to like how I felt so stupid and weird you know, but like when you can see it in the monitor i'm like oh no i look like gek i get it i'm moving like him but it was a weird adjustment because i'm a girl and i'm a very very fem- female woman so for right. me to have to be like a guy and you know trying to mimic it and stuff it was an awesome day and i was so physically exhausted at the end of it right well that's that's, that's amazing I, you know you know like i told you before you know i i really wish Right now, I wish I did not play that game because that means I've touched everything. But I love that game. (laughs) Halo 4, I I love Halo 4 a lot. The Halo series is one of my favorites in the world. So you haven't almost done anything that I have not seen so far. So you've touched like CSI. I mean, Forensic Pathology is what I went to university for at the very beginning of my career. So to watch any CSI is my my shenanigans. So how did you feel about that? I adore them. I adore any version of any CSI, going back to Manhunter and Silence of the Lambs. Oh, my gosh. Silence of the Lambs is great. I love um, – I liked working on those. Those are all great because you – I mean, I worked on all – I'm trying to think, CSI, CSI Miami. Yep. I didn't work on New York, but, like, they're right. great. Like, um, one of the episodes, it was CSI Miami. I was doubling a character who was pregnant, and oh. that one was 
crazy because her husband wanted her dead because of the baby. And it was just horrible. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, even looking at the actor playing her husband, I was like, how dare you? You son of a gun. (laughs) Yeah. I'll make you look horrible in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. But it was so much fun getting to wear the belly, you know, the maternity belly because it was pretend and I liked eating lunch with it and people got mad because I was putting my like glass resting it on the top of my stomach and they were like, um, like I thought do people don't know this is a fake tummy like they were looking at me right. like how dare you put your glass on your baby's head ma'am I was like that's so come on yeah let me let me make a quick announcement here for for the audience listening in guys please give us a call we, we're at 515-602-9609 you know the number guys don't be afraid uh, we had a huge crowd listening to us right now. We have Tammy Bear, the great actress, a stunt actress. We're about to ask her some other pivotal questions. You know, what I really, what I really want to know here is, is when, when did the stunt work really start sliding in to where people start, you're starting to be consistent, you start loving, and the stunt work just fits in perfectly for you? Um, well, I think, you know, um, I started professionally in 2007, and I, mm-hmm. it was consistent, consistent, consistent. But I don't think I got my real street cred until my first car hit on NCIS Los Angeles. Okay. And, um, great show. Doubling the actress. Yes. Oh my gosh. Great show. I loved great it. Great show. I was doubling the actress Daniela Rua. Yep. And um, there it was season two, I believe. Um, and we, I had to do a car hit. And I had been wanting to do a car hit forever. So <laughs> I. Going back, I, a same show, NCSLA, I was doubling a uh, guest star on one episode, and I got um, the character got pushed out of the way, and the male that pushed her out of the way, um, the stuntman, Paul Iliopoulos, he got hit by a car. And I remember when I turned, like I got shoved out of the way, and I turned back to see it. And as I saw Paul Iliopoulos get hit and go up onto the hood and crack that windshield and pop back down, I was like, oh my God, I got to do that. I want to do that so bad. So I uh, told what? my boss. Wait, I, let, let, let's yeah, pause I, on that one. Let's pause on that one. <laughs> what in the world? So, so you just enters your mind that this is what I want to do. What in the world enters your brain right there at that moment that makes you that inspires you to think that thought? I have no idea because my freshman year walking to school in high school, I got hit by a car. So, you know. Really? <laughs> I for real got hit by a car. A you for real got hit by hit a car me. and you couldn't wait to act like you got hit by a car. And actually, let's, let's just say technically, you're really getting hit by a car. Seriously. Yeah. But it's a controlled yeah. hit. Isn't, isn't that nuts? But in my what head, is, like, what's wrong with I, you, Tammy Baird? What, I know. What, is, is this a Tammy Baird show? What is wrong with you? Seriously, you are you are oh tough as nails. God. She goes from champagne. Listen, listen, audience. She goes from champagne mornings as a model to hardcore action at night. This this is the John Wick of females right here. We're talking to incredible. What are you? What makes you you? You're incredible. So slightly off kilter, yeah. So, <laughs> but it was—it's so interesting too. And I will say this though: so getting hit by a car in real life and on set are two totally different things. When I got hmm. hit my freshman year, I was walking across the street in the crosswalk, 
and I got hit. And as the car came up, you know, everything went into slow motion, and I got hit by the car. Now, for stunts, nothing goes into slow motion. It just happens because I know it's going to happen. It's all choreographed. But I thought it was very interesting, and I have spoken to others who have gotten hit in real life, and they, too, say it happens in slow-mo. Right. Right, because you're, it's unexpected. So, so, so you, that, that's when I know somebody went through a real trauma is when they know every incident of the moment. Because when trauma mm-hmm. happens, you, you remember almost every single, like the smell, the look, the, the lights, the yeah. way it's shining down on you, the, you know, how you're flipping over. You remember the direction in which you flipped over. But when it comes to stunts, it's more of, a, it's more of an instinct issue. And, and you're really looking at what's my safety, safety prevention? How am I going to land? He's coming out of me at this velocity. It's all, a lot of math being played in your brain, huh? Oh, there's so much that goes into a stunt. So, yeah, that's why I, I hate when people um, downgrade stunt people. Every once in a while, I hear somebody like, "Well, whatever, you just got to get run out, get hit." I'm like, "Oh, that I makes no sense to me." That, that is the yeah. dumbest thing yeah. I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, there's people who yeah. die doing stunts. Yes, sadly, we've had some fatalities in our industry by professional stunt people when there's just one little, yeah. you know, factor that slightly gets changed yeah. a bit. Like, um, like a director well, who wants to shoot on, on a railroad track or, you know, a, a production assistant who, yeah, who wants you to use a motorcycle and open up a crane in your way. You know, we see, we see these happen, um, accidents happen all the time. There's, yeah, there's so much. And that's why our industry is, it's so, um, it's, it, it's dangerous and people, and yes. it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's fun and amazing. But it's dangerous. So when I hear of new people, like I'll never tell someone they should be a stunt person. Never, ever, ever. Because I don't want that responsibility if something happens to them and be like, oh, I encourage that. If you want to be a stunt person, you fight for it. You do it yourself. But be prepared. And sadly, you know, there are some some people in my industry uh, that I'm I'm a little concerned about. You know, um, we've had so many – I want to discuss that with you real fast. You know, last night you sent me a really nice message asking about the show, and I was going to retort back, but I was in the middle middle of dinner. But but yesterday I got some horrible news that a friend of uh, of all of ours, really as a stuntman, uh, on his own on a motorcycle got into an accident, and he'll need screws inside of his ankle. He'll need reconstructive surgery in certain areas. It's and this is a very close friend of mine. I want to see him in the hospital right after this radio show. But but okay. the question I want to ask you is, what is it about stunt men, stunt women, stunt people that kind of push the boundaries of their physical limits? Is there is there something about you that, that wants to push that? You know, I don't – I can't speak for everybody. Um, you know, I do think there's certain people that have that adrenaline rush, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's amazing. Um there are things that we love. Um, like I used to joke, I do not do car hits anymore, but mm. my drug, or I guess so you would say, would be when right. I hit the car, if I crack the windshield, and cracking the windshield is my drug because I can't get it you, anywhere you, else. You, over, you overcame a fear of yours because you, you, you smashed into that car. Yeah. How did how did that feel when you you know despite anything else? What did you how did you feel when you landed out of that that controlled crash? I mean, the first time you had no control. This time you had complete control. 
Yes. So my NCISLA car hit will forever be my uh, my first my my favorite uh, second to the one I did um, on a music video. But like my NCISLA one, it was everything because and I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I was like Rain Man going back and forth doing <laughs> my my footwork because oh it was I was like autistic but not, not autistic but like I was I was so into yeah like even talking right. to me that day like I didn't really want to be like hi everybody it was real I was hyper focused and because when um I had to run into it so when the car hits me I have to have a certain leg up you know um because that helps to swoop me up and then um you know I visualize everything I was so nervous and so scared um and it was for um stunt coordinator troy brown who's this amazing uh, troy brown call it the troy brown oh. out there oh my god he did all joe pesci stunts on home alone and if you yep. watch home alone every stunt that happens yeah. like you can't help but just cringe like oh yeah i mean this so, guy this i thought he broke everything in that movie oh i mean it, 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 his so he, falls are incredible he and he's the nicest guy so i'm, I'm he's my coordinator and driving the car is jeff Dashna, who's also yeah. an amazing stuntman and wow. stunt coordinator. So I have two huge, like, um, you know, I want to give, like, you know, raise the roof to them. You know, right, I'm right. I'm showing my age. <laughs> I'm showing my age to everyone by raising the roof. But, you know, like, um, just these are the two people I'm working with, not to mention, you know, my amazing director and the cast and crew and blah, blah, blah. So uh, I was just so nervous. And to do that uh, car hit was just everything. And all I knew is, okay, your reward is cracking the windshield. And I even uh, taped uh, like quarters to my elbows. Like uh, I had all my pads on and then to my (laughs) elbow pads, I taped quarters and then have my wardrobe on because I really wanted to crack the windshield because people had told me like, oh, that's the coolest part. So I was like, oh, right right of honor. I'm going to crack that dang windshield. Man, oh, it was awesome so then so they so then they said i because i was like where do you want me to land like not knowing that i have no control over where i land really yeah right right if you could land the camera's going to be here if you can land there and so i went you know stood over off to the side and i remember just visualizing i'm going to run out i'm going to get hit the foot's going to go up this is going to happen sure enough i kid you not i landed right near that camera right near wow. the camera. I couldn't have done it again. I couldn't have done wow. it again. Wow. So you were, you were just so done. prepared. It just, it just the physics, the, the math was just there. It was just there. And get this, I was so prepared but didn't know what to expect afterwards that I went out <laughs> and bought all these one-time ice bags, you know, and I had them in my car. So it, after I got wrapped, I, um, I could put them all over my body and drive home. <laughs> so I was already ice- I was already icing my body on the way home because I just wanted to make sure I'd be fine. And then I think like two days later, I had like an acupuncture appointment. And then, like, right. you know, I just wanted to make sure because my sure. body is everything. Sure. My body's hurt. I can't work. Yeah, So I give course. myself a lot of TLC, a lot it's, of it's TLC. Your, it's, your te- it's your temple. You know, what's interesting yeah. is that, that you've gone from like, you know, like smashing a car to like superstore Brooklyn Nine Nine and Oroville, where where it's these are more comedic falls and comedic mm-hmm. prances. Now, do you get some people that look at those projects and think nothing could happen to you, nothing could go wrong? But it's the exact opposite because they're simple stunts. Something could easily yeah. go wrong. 
Oh, totally. People just don't even realize just a simple fall. Like um, Orville was awesome. The only thing is I was a human. I wasn't even a creature. I was like, come on. Uh, and I was so bummed because my friend Tammy Lane was one of the effects makeup artists. And I was like, God wants me to do my makeup. But I was a human. I was a human. Okay. And I got shot. I got shot. But I had to do a simple fall, like you said. But it was on a horrible surface. It was like this great, this silver great. Right. It was miserable. Like it was not um, comfy or cushiony. Right. right. It was hurt. It hurt, and then I was right near a railing, so if I didn't get shot, so I'm waiting for the cue to get shot, you know, because I have to fall as soon as I'm shot. Um, Right. If I hit my shin on that, that would have been gnarly, and so people don't realize. Like, I'll tell you straight up, fear the walking dead, being a walker. When you get killed, a head kill, it's lights out. You're done. You you're right. down. So it doesn't matter what's around you. I can't use my hands to save me. You're just falling out. And those are the gnarliest falls. I really working on Fear the Walking Dead. Yes. And people, you know, and like people don't know and you shouldn't know. Watch the show and enjoy it. You're it's an amazing right. show. Watch it. But walk well, we, we want we want to know why, why. Why is why is that? Why is why is it so gnarly to fall down like as those characters? Well, you can't use your hands. So, like as a human, you're, you're, so you're falling face you, forward. Well, it depends how I get killed. You know, it depends right. how you die. So, right. um, you know, there's elements like as a human, if I'm you know getting shot, I'm working on a show, and I'm a human, and someone shoots me and I die, I I look where it's going. If I could see there's something, you know, um, like ah, I could use my hands to break my fall. But as a walker, you're just a sack of potatoes. You're out, and you just die, and that's it. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not dissing it. I love it. I'll do those falls all day long but because um, I, I love them. But it's just harder, you know. But I'm so lucky. I have great stump pads, and my bosses always make sure that my surroundings, there's nothing sharp, you know, that's going to actually right. hurt me. But when you're falling to the cement, you're falling to the cement. So I have a, a strong core. So I have to make sure when I do that sack of potatoes, I also have this strong core right. and amazing shoulders that I pad up because that's usually what I'm going to be landing on. Did, on did, my you, did you ever feel – those are those – <laughs> it's good to know what you're going to be like you know, ruining because those are all cuff parts. Those are all rotationary parts, your knees, your mm-hmm. elbows. Those are all areas of, that arthritis leaks into later on. So when you look at mm-hmm. when you look at this right, so when you look at all this right right now, when you look at all the injuries and what have you, how do you, how do you feel about the Oscars not giving credit to st- to stunt workers? You know, let, let me backtrack before I ask you that question because I, I have to ask you another question. Have you ever felt, okay. without naming any names, have you ever felt at any time in your stunt career that's that the, it was moving faster than safety was was acted? That's a great question. Um, uh, no, I, th- I think everything's always been um, – the safety has always been considered for sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we do things like we have to go, we have to go. Um, well, gosh, oh, that's a toughie. I will say one – like I have been rushed before. Like one time right. I was doing a stunt and we were told it was going to be done this way. And so all day long, we're rehearsing it, let's say, this way for argument's sake. And then at the last minute, the director comes over and is like, no, we're doing it that way. And I was like, well, I have to repad up 
because I'm not padded to do it that way. So they're like, well, can you hurry up? And I, I did feel rushed, but I knew my job and I knew my ability right. enough to know that I could do it safely. But I was you were rushed. Got switched at the last minute. It yeah. was rushed, but not to where I felt my safety was um, compromised. Just enough right. to where I was like, now I'm sweaty. And, you know, I'm right. rushed <laughs> when, I've been sitting, when I've been sitting around all day waiting, right. you know, and, and that was it. But I never felt my safety was compromised. Well, let me ask you this question now, now that we have that out of you know when you when you when you when you're working so hard on a project and there's so many uh-huh. elements that can go right and wrong and really this film and show depends upon your action. How do how do you feel okay. like when when the Oscars don't consider you as being part of the industry as strong as perhaps you know a, a an actress or an actor or or even lights lighting. <laughs> Or somebody who does somebody's clothing. It's like you're you're literally yeah. almost dying to get this movie yeah. filled. Yeah, literally almost dying. That's a really good language. I love that because it's um at first I was I was a little conflicted because I was like you know what we're the faces that don't get seen we're the movie magic you know but then I really started to. You know, but that's old school. You know, that's going back to the Robin Hood days. You know, right, right. Um, like Hooper and what I, mean, I don't know if you've ever seen. I, I don't know if you've ever seen Hooper, but Hooper was a big <laughs> film. And like, yeah, like that. That, yeah. Hoop, Hooper was the film for me. That, that, like when that when that cylinder drops and it almost hits a Trans Am. I mean, come on, man. That's Hooper, mm-hmm. bro. That's Hooper. So like, like you're it's telling me exactly. that guy's not getting credit. Like, you're kidding oh, yeah. me, dude. You're telling me that guy's not getting credit? He almost got smushed. That guy almost got smushed, exactly. and I was laughing the entire time eating popcorn eating a hot dog. You're telling me this guy's not even going to get an award for anything? So sad. Yeah, so I do believe that um, stunts do deserve a Oscar um, category. I think they deserve a couple, to be honest. You know, hmm. um, okay. I, I, I believe if it – because, you know, we have with the Emmys – it's the um, what is it like um, stunt ensemble or no 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 it's the stunt coordinator so the stunt coordinator sure. gets it but I think it should really be coordinator as well as ensemble because we are a team stunts are such a team like we one person can't do it like the whole industry is a team we can't do right. one thing without another person like we are a team right. so I do hope that stunt gets a category at the very least, but they should definitely have two, you know, for the stunt coordinator as well as ensemble. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you. Stunt coordinators, they keep you safe. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tommy, Timmy. No, I was just saying like, you know, back when Mad Max came out, you know, the whole opening sequence of that is stunts, yet stunts. Are you you talking about the newest film? Yes. 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 Oh, those were crazy Um, stunts. Yes. Yeah, and they did um, – I, I can't remember whatever year that was at the Oscars, but they're promoting – that's what they're saying. They're like, Mad Max, right. and they're showing all stunts, but stunts right. were not there. So I don't I know, know what it is about the industry that they um, you know, do not want – they just want to shove stunts down and just brush us under the rug, so to speak. But we, we, we give you our lives, our sweat, our blood – you know, everything, and um, and you, we'll you do it again. You, you think it would help more if, like, the Emmys 
and like the Tonys and people like that would acknowledge like, w- like who's doing stunt work and what have you in their field as well. Because stunt work is not only movies, it's TV, it's, it's opera. It's, it's, you know, we have stunt operators on Circus de Soleil. So, and these are all Emmy, Tony, Oscar winning uh, uh, situations. Sh- do you think starting from the very beginning might actually push the, push the situation forward? Well, I do think more actors and actresses are coming forward and, you know, giving a shout out to their stunt person or people, Um, you know, because I have heard, you know, a lot of, I can't name them off the top of my head right now, but like where a stunt person has come out and said, yeah, my, oh my goodness, what is that amazing actress? She just brought both her stunt people out on set with her or on stage with her recently. And it was for a Marvel um, film. And she was like, these are my stunt people, you know? And so I think it, it is happening now. Like the actresses and actors are giving more shout outs to stunts and, you know, with Tarantino's film, you know, uh, Once Upon a Time right. in Hollywood. I mean, right. come on. I mean, a huge round of applause. Every, I can't applaud him right now because I have my hands in my phone. But anybody <laughs> out there who hears me, applaud him because right. his whole movie, you know, just gives such a shout out to the stunt community. And it's, and I just love that. That just warms my heart. It, it, you know? so it, reminded, me <laughs> it, it reminded me of Hooper. It reminded me of Hooper. It reminded me of the old stunt world where, like, you know, they got chimpanzees and bananas and they're punching you in the face. Oh, my gosh. Clint Eastwood. Uh, oh, yeah. You can hear it like, what is that? Right hook slide. Yeah, I just yeah, love that. That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you made me think of when you said monkey and hook. Yeah. Yeah, you, you uh, got right, it right. Always, exactly. I know that's not what you meant, but that's You know your I pop culture. <laughs> Idea. So, so I you, love, so, well, I mean, my good. first babysitter was a little black and white TV, and I have no problem sitting in front of it. I love TV. I love film. Like, yeah. I am such a couch potato. Um, I love watching the work that other people do and i respect it so much so yeah. i love watching tv yeah do you, <laughs> so. do you have a do you have a do you have a go-to movie or a go-to tv show for you like when you get home and you want to unwind and maybe you don't want to watch something new you want to watch older is there something that, that's like a go-to for you um well you know um i love watching um the very um oh my gosh i just i just went out of I just got a blank. I'm like, oh, I love this movie. I watch it all the time. And I can't think of it right now because <laughs> my head is scrambling with other TV shows. Okay. Um, when sometimes <laughs> I come home and I'm just right. exhausted, I love to watch right. Guardians of the Galaxy. I love Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. That's and a great I've, movie. I've probably watched it over 100 times. Like, I watch it oh, over That's interesting. I, I just love it. It's um, yeah. and, and it's so my, funny. My store Ragnarok, my... so it makes sense. It makes sense because they're both in the celestial kind of world, so it makes sense. Go ahead and say so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and depending on my mood, sometimes I'm like, you know, I'll feel bad. I'm like, oh, you know, his mother passes away, and the grandpa takes him out, and he's like, um, right. uh, here, you stay here. And I'm like, why did you leave him? You should be <laughs> consoling him. You don't have to go in. She's passed away. 
So sometimes <laughs> I find myself arguing, and then I'm like, oh, they took him away in space. What does that man that I'm calling him the grandpa? What does the grandpa right. like? Mm. Like, oh, I just left him, and then he had to live his whole life knowing that he let his <laughs> grandson go and went missing. So it's, I watched it way too many times, and I need to stop because now these are your questions. I'm putting too much character work into, you know, you know stuff. Yeah, so. she, she was under life support. Life support was off. They're trying to resuscitate her. She's, he's trying to go back into that room. He's leaving by his lump for just three minutes. He thinks while they try to resuscitate his daughter and then he'll come back out and he'll go grab his. That's what I think. Uh, that's what yes. I think happened. Yes, but, but he's going to forever have that guilt. That guilt trip. That yeah. Lost, but it was his son, and now the only yeah. thing left of his daughter was that child. I know that's hard. He it's fought. really, you he know, when fought. they when, when they touch each other later on, and they hold hands, and they do the scream back <gasps> oh. of the mother. Yeah, I I, I yeah. always cry. There's not a, a situation in the world oh. where I don't get a tear in my eye when I watch that. If you don't cry, you're not human. <laughs> you're an animal. Yes. You are a monster. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, I, I loved I love Guardians of the Galaxy, and I watched like I said I've watched it so many times. But it's and I love the first one way better than the second one. And uh, just like right. most things, I love the first better than the second. Um, right. The sequels. Um, but yeah, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, you know, so, Tammy, uh, I, I love, I love talking to you. We, we don't, we don't want to have, have an extraordinary amount of time left. But I, you know, we've been talking for over an hour now, and I, I've loved talking oh, to you. We? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have. I'm you a know, I, no, 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 no. I, I love talking to you, and I'm pretty sure. You know, when you asked me what kind of questions I was going to ask, and a lot of people do ask me this question. It was very going to be very going to be much like you and I sat at a coffee shop, just met each other, and then I asked you a bunch of questions about your life. So that's that's pretty uh-huh. much how I, I like to have uh, my show and how I've done it for over seven years. But I do want to talk to you about American Horror Story because that that is one of my favorite shows on the planet Earth by some of the mo- the strongest female actresses on the on the planet Earth. Uh, how did it feel to be on that set? I mean, the estrogen must have knocked your ears loose. Oh, my gosh. So awesome. Okay. Yeah. So I loved um, working on American Horror Story. Again, anything that's weird or creepy, I love it. So um, <laughs> so I was so excited <laughs> to be on the show. Yeah, like, I was like, oh, my God, what yeah. am I going to do? Yeah. And especially the ep- – um, so, you know, the cast and crew, they're amazing. But, like, my favorite episode that I got to work on was called Mommy, I believe. And it was the one where my tongue gets nailed to the desk. Did you see yeah, that, that was one? Yeah. Yes, I saw that one. <laughs> so gross. Was that you? I know. Yes, it was to me. It was no. my face. It wasn't my real tongue, obviously, but, like, it was a, a fake tongue. But it was actually the stunt coordinator who was hammering that nail that close to my Wow. So there's so much trust that goes on with that. And it was so <laughs> scary. So any yeah. acting, it's real. It's real. I was, messing, I was so uh, Real fear. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. But get this. So I've never... I really, I don't really nail things in walls right. myself, but when he was hitting it, I could feel like, I could see little like sparky things. And that noise was so crazy. It was gnarly. And I, Great. me being just like 
the prankster. I w- and I don't like my nose, just FYI. It's crooked. I don't know how it got crooked. Yeah, out of here. Of, well, I look at young pictures of Tammy, straight nose. Today, Tammy, <laughs> match the match. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> but it, the nose was crooked three stunts. So I, it was Okay. Stunts. So, anywho. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, time. and neither does my audience, and there's uh, going to be a huge – <laughs> chat, in the chat room about about the crap you're talking about right now. Watch, it's going to just be glimmering on. Like, why is she talking about her nose? She's beautiful. What's going on there? Well, Watch. Thank you. It's just slightly flawed, but it makes me who I am. So uh, I won't. <laughs> but uh, so um, so right before we did the stunt, just to you know put some humor in this very again, people might not think that's dangerous. Like an easy right. trip and fall. Oh, how right. easy. She's just laying there, biting on a tongue. Uh, yeah, I have a hammer coming at my face. And, and how stressful for the stunt coordinator, Jimmy Sharp, who was the one hammering it to my right. face. You know, heaven forbid he misses, he smushes my face. So I just said to him, I said, if you're going to hit my nose. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Make it so it will go straight, you know. But it was just a joke. I don't want my nose; it'll hurt. Yeah. I don't want that happening. But you, I always just try to bring some humor to a stressful situation, you know. That's all there is mm. to that. But uh, but that was really scary. Yeah, having a hammer come towards <laughs> your face. Nobody wants that. No <laughs> so so, who were the people that you worked with behind the scenes there in uh, in uh, in American Horror Story? Did you work, no, get to work with any I, of the great actresses at all? I didn't get to work with any of the leads. No, oh. my team didn't have any of the leads in it, which I would have killed to have done a scene with Kathy Bates. I would have. I would oh, have Kathy Bates is the person up. I was going to ask you about because Kathy Bates is actually one of my favorite actresses of all time. She is amazing. Me too. Oh my she gosh! I just want to look at her and be like, I'm your number one fan. <laughs> yeah, I, like she she is an incredible actress. When you when you go back to Misery, when you talk about like like she was the best part of Titanic. She's the only part of Titanic that I give a crap Fried about. Fried green tomatoes. Oh Fried green God. tomatoes. I mean, Fried if you just keep tomatoes. on going, oh, she's still my she's just heart. A, it's about a woman she, who she, finds herself and gets her strength. And oh my absolutely. God, I love. Remember her those days so when much. they told stories like that. They told stories oh, about your heart and how it was growing and how community and other people make you into a grown human being. Like the questions I'm asking yeah. you today about what made you the person you are is very much the movie that we're looking forward to seeing. It's very much why I yeah. ask you the questions I'm asking you about your mother and your grandmother. Because when you look at Friday Green Tomatoes, it's all about that family and who made you who you are and some of the things you in order to be the person you are yeah oh for yeah 100 um so i'm trying to write my memoirs we'll see if i get it done or not because i do think and this is not me being conceited or anything but i do think my story is interesting and we've only just touched Hmm. on it today but like i do I, i think family is everything and i love my family with all of my heart. My family is everything. My sisters, my brother, my niece, and my nephews, my mother is my life, are my life. They are everything to me. And I would do anything for them. And one of the reasons why I didn't come to Los Angeles sooner was because I was helping co-parent my sisters with my mom, you know, because like I said, mm. my dad who adopted me right. passed, passed away, away. and yes. died. And then when my grandfather got glaucoma, I moved in with my grandfather and I took care of him until he died. And so 
these are all reasons that kept me in Northern California longer um, because I wanted to come to L.A. sooner. No, Tammy, let me ask you a question before we go too far here. What, what, what is, yeah. So both of your paternal, paternal figures passed away or were mm-hmm. in endangered situations. So you had a lot of maternal energy around you. Yeah. How, how does how does that uh, how does that affect you as a human being? Well, I mean, it. Uh, my grandmother and my mom taught me to be strong, and I think sometimes it affects me in my personal life because okay. I'm so. Um, my friends go, Tammy, you have too much masculine energy. You need to work on your feminine energy more. But I get shit done. Oh, sorry, I swore. I get stuck. <laughs> done like if things need to be done i do them i'm uh that's what i do like what like i'm the person you want if the titanic's going down you want me there because i'm going to figure out how to make six boats out of the material that we have so uh they so having all that maternal energy has been great i had my you know i had this amazing father for six years um i had a dad and he was awesome and taught me some of the life lessons that I still use today, but I didn't realize that at the time. Like he was right. teaching me stuff, and I'd be like, oh, my God, it was a simple yes or no question. And he would, right. and a half hour later, we're still discussing it. I'm like, oh. Right, but, right. You know, and then, you know, I had my grandpa. So I did have, you know, both, but like, you know, my grandparents were everything, you know, to me. And um, and I'm very blessed that I, I had grandparents because I know some people don't get grandparents, you know, right. they, the grandparents pass away before they're born. So I'm so blessed that I had that, you know. That's wonderful. You know, your upbringing and, and where it brought you today, it, it's really an incredible story. You know, if you were going to look back at somebody uh, your age when you, when you left Dublin mm-hmm. at, that, at that young age, what, what would you say to her to inspire her to become a person? Because she wants to be just like you. What would you say? Yeah, would you, oh. What would you say to that girl oh. at that young age while she's at Dublin? Oh, gosh, that's so hard. I mean, it would be a long conversation. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, but she wants, you know, she doesn't have patience. You know, she just wants a simple yeah. answer of like, you know, like, give me, give me a, a quick little nugget. I would say just know who you are and stay true to who you are. A lot of people will come to Los Angeles. They want it so bad that they compromise who they are just to get what they want. And I think, you know, then you become fake, you become not true. And later it might make you sad and depressed because you gave up who you are and who you are is truly what makes you beautiful. So just remember to stay true to you. Um, I would also tell them like the friends, the legit friends you have now are your legit friends. You know, remember that like when I'm up on the world, everyone's my friend, but when things are bad, my phone may ring once a day or twice a day and it's with my true friends. So, you know, just remembering who you are and staying true to that, not trying to be this picture of what you think you need to be or represent. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Completely. Yeah. You know, what's really, what's really important to me is is to understand these things and also spread the message of how it's like to to visit this world and be the people we are. I do want to ask you another serious, very serious question. Uh, you know, we do talk about depression uh, on my show as well, mm-hmm. and uh, dep- oh. depression of the situation, how it brings on the homeless situation. Between, I know a lot of actors that are actually homeless right now. Oh. How do you? How do you? You know, and it's it's horrifying that we that we're as California, the t- tenth richest country in the world, 
we have such a gigantic mm-hmm. homeless issue or mental illness issue. Let me ask you, how has that, how has that entered your world and, and how has it affected you and how have you worked against it or worked around it? Mental health and, and your, your, you know, your own personal health, spiritual health. Well, depression is something that I deal with on a regular basis, and we've had it, it runs in my family. So it's something that, you know, growing up, I had to like, okay, I'm going to mind over matter this. I'm not going to be sad. But there are right. days where I'm just sad and I'm just depressed and I don't know why. Um, so I tend, I really have to take those me days. And I'm lucky that I can take those me days because a lot right. of people cannot, you know. Um, and and depression's affected me badly because Sometimes I'm trying to hide it, and I don't want people to know that I'm depressed, and maybe I'll lash out at them, or you know, I just can't be me because of it. So I'm trying my hardest to let people know about it more so that they know why I act the way I do. But, Does it um, upset you when you they know, don't I, know the exact situation of why you're upset? Maybe you're upset about something that has nothing to do with them, and then you get upset about them that, that is almost personal? Well, I get upset and then I have to apologize later, you know, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, you know, so I tend to apologize a lot for things, you know, and it's, and it's, a, it is serious. Depression is so serious. That's right. why people were upset about the Joker, the movie, the Joker. They were like, right. oh, I think it's glorifying mental illness. And I was like, no, it's discussing it and making us aware of it. I hope I'm not doing any spoiler alerts for the Joker right now, but if you have not no. seen it. Stop listening and come back. Um, no, they've all if, seen it. You haven't seen it? Okay, no, good. They've all seen is it. That, they've all seen it. Is that he was trying. He was on his medication. You know, they, it, I'm looking at me, I get all passionate about it. Oh, I can hear my voice. <laughs> no, 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 please. People. I've had these discussions. He was on his medications. He was trying to do, you know, what society wanted him to do, what the doctor said, take your meds. And then they took him away from him. You know what I mean? And it's so weird to me, this whole thing with drugs and the pharmaceuticals, you know, um, they want, I just, I just, I get so passionate about it. I have to like really calm myself down right now. (laughs) No, 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 no. So let me, (laughs) let me ask you a direct question Uh, for for myself. uh, I don't see that there's any issue with people taking any kind of medication for, for I'm I'm a proponent of mental health. I work for criminal mm-hmm. reform. I work incredibly hard in the mental health industry as well. Uh, how do you how do you feel about right now the mental health? Like mental health is really being on the forefront of people's discussion. For example, we have the one actor from um, well, it doesn't really matter. But what happened was okay. he was in a show. He felt he felt like he was mentally unhealthy. They put him inside of an institute. That was personal and private somewhere in Santa Monica, and he did very, very well. Do you think that that's what we need in our, our future is, is if somebody is psychologically not doing well on a shoot, that we should have help there? Because there's been a lot of movies now that have psychological help there on set, like uh, like for that one movie that just came out on Netflix about the uh, Central Park Five. Uh, eight. Mm-hmm had a psychiatrist on set to talk to the actors about, you know, what they were portraying and if if mental health was, was any problem. Do you think that's what we need as well? That's very interesting because um, I, I one think that, yes, we need to have more um, mental, how do I word this? Yes. 
I think that our medical needs to address more mental health issues. I believe right. that people have been misdiagnosed for years, for decades right. now. And Absolutely. I think, that our med- I think that that needs to be addressed first off. Uh, you know, um, I am all down for um, medications because I have a lot of friends who are on medications that they need, you know, for their depression. Um, I do have some concern when we go to put children on drugs. You know, my brother, they wanted to put him on Ritalin when he was younger, and my mother said no because he was so hyper. She just took sugar out of his diet, and he was fine. So I think, you know, sometimes we just need to make sure, like with children, before we start drugging them up, like, is there something we can do first? Let's go through everything. You know, Did you know there but was a controversy with that? Did you know there Continue on, and please remember what you're about to say. But do you know there was a controversy between Ritalin and the companies that was displaced in it? The problem is that they were diagnosing and then giving those people the same drug, and that's unethical. So yes. yeah, it was a it was a huge thing. So thank God your mom went in that direction. So please continue. Yeah. So um, so it's just it's just hard. I mean, this the world right now is hard. And I do love that more people are discussing their issues that they're having. That's why, like, for me, I've always hidden my depression, and now I've, I'm discussing it with people, and I'm not keeping it a secret because it's hard. You know, my friends are like, why won't Tammy hang out with us for two days? I'm like, I just need to be by myself right now. I just need to get over this, and then I'll come out, you know, where my right. friends are like, can we just sit next to you, you know? And, and I right. think that's good friends that just want to – come watch a movie and just sit with me and it's like it's helping me you know um so i i definitely feel okay going back to on set now that was very interesting because as an actor we act we go there we go in this place so right. um to want to have someone to discuss that after the scene or after the day might affect getting back into that character. I don't know. So I find that oh. I'm going to, I'm going to marinate <laughs> on that. I, you know what? I never, I never thought about that. I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you. I never thought uh-huh. about that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. If you're like Daniel so Day Lewis, I wouldn't want to talk to anybody because I would want to stay in that character. And why would I want to jump out of that character? But yeah, you know that is For something sure. to marinate on. Oh, oh, you made me think now. Unfortunately, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, you made this monkey work too. So I'm gonna have to think about that one later on. But yeah, you know, oh, I, 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 I personally, uh huh. You know what? There is a backward story to this one. You know, it's something to look at there. But you know, that mental health is one of those things that we deeply need to look into. And how do you how do you feel like that works for you? How does that affect your your working status? Does that ever affect your work work at all, or do you just like push through it? I push through it. Um, my work gives me so much happiness and so much joy and self worth. Right. I guess that my job could, if if let's say I was having a bad depression, you know, um, little run, if I got a, a work call, pop, it would pop me right out of it. It always does because I love my job <laughs> and I look forward to it. If I know. I have work coming up. I am so happy. Like I love, love to work. So for me, that is 
everything. Like I That's love awesome. my job. Yeah, I don't need to take any antidepressants. I just need a call from a scent coordinator saying, hey, are you available? And I'm like, yes, yes. I oh. And it is, it is, it is. I, yeah, I love work. I love work, and I'm, I'm, I'm good at it. You know, I'm really good at my job. And, yeah. Uh, you know, no, you are like, very good at your job. It's it's obvious that you're so. good at your job. You have some of the the you have some of the best shows that are on television and in the movies as your as your as your status quo as your resume, and that's that shows a lot of things. Let me ask you a question there. Let me let me get direct. I want to get incredibly direct with you. I need to know what what personality trait you believe makes you able to work with other people as long as you do. Now, I ask this question a lot for people who have to work on days that are 18 plus with a whole crew. And a lot of time it's negotiation power, it's diplomacy, it's it's, uh, patience, quietness, direction. What is it for you? What is it for you that other people want to spend up to 12 to 16 to 18 hours with you on set. <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to spend that much. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of it is I'm, I always have a good attitude. Like I'm so happy to be there that yeah. um, I guess it's the positivity because um, I've been around people like, let's say when I'm in prosthetics and uh-huh. we're in like, mud and it's cold and gross or something and they complain about it and I'm like oh my god you guys seriously this is so (laughs) this is our job we're getting paid to do this and and I love it because I love my job I think maybe that's why people like to hang out with me because I love what I do and there is that energy that I'm excited to be there and positivity is awesome. You know, negativity is such a downer. Like, oh, we're all cold. It is. Yes, we're all cold, but we knew it was going to be cold. So put heat patches in your wardrobe, (laughs) you know. Right. I just think be positive, you know. Right. If if we are cold on set, let's go drink a water if they still have, you know, plastic water bottles. Now we have to bring our own water bottles to set because we're trying to be more green. But (laughs) when they do have water bottles, we drink the water. We go to Crafty, put some hot water for tea, and then we have a hot water bottle that we can hug. So, like, right. finding ways to, you know, make a miserable situation awesome. And that's, I think, my trait is that I bring the positivity. And some people, I will say, I think they don't like, like, oh, my goodness, Sammy, you're happy. But, but I have <laughs> to be happy because I, I go through the depression that I don't like to be there. I want to right. be in a happy place. And then it, right. it goes back to trying to focus on mind over matter all the time. So I always try to find the positive in every situation. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you so much for sharing everything with us. You know, it's almost been two hours since we began this conversation. Oh what's, fu- what's funny about this is people always, when I, when I ask them to be on the show, and thank you for being on the show, by the way, Tammy, uh, they, they always say, you know, I don't know what to say for an hour or for two hours. Well, obviously you do. <laughs> and you said, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you said plenty and you shared plenty. Tell, tell me, what is your, what is your next work? What are you working on next? What, what could we see you in, in, in next? Um, well, I gosh, I don't even know when, um, Oh, I'm trying to think. Okay. So I worked on a bunch of stuff in, uh, this uh, last year, 2018. So I guess Briar Patch will be coming out. I doubled Rosario Dawson on okay. that. And when the new season of Fear of the Walking Dead comes out, see if you guys can find me. 
and that will be a trivia <laughs> because I'm always in prosthetics. But yeah, if you can find me, I will. I will send you a present. Anybody can I, figure out. Is, is, where does that I include am. me? I bet you I'll that find you. you. I'll it find you. Everybody, just hit me up on my uh, Instagram, and uh, if you can find me and send me a photo, I will uh, send you <laughs> whether it be a shirt, a magnet, some sort of present uh, with my work, some sort of swag. Uh, you guys I heard promise. that. You guys heard that. Yeah, now call up. You know, call us yeah. up, and we'll 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 we'll, we'll be obligated to the title as well because we'll give you all the information how to reach Tammy Baird later on. But remember, right now it's. Five one five six zero two nine six zero nine. We're going to ask Tammy all our information on how to get in touch with her, how to reach all the information of you know of this new thing. But I want to talk to you about Superstore before we take off here. Oh my god, I, so I, much fun! Yeah. <laughs> I love that show. You know, I've been waiting to get to that show above anything else. I, I do love that show. How was it like working on it? It is so much fun. Again, it's a comedy, so it better be fun, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. It is, I say, and I know I say the word awesome so much, but I just love that oh, word because yeah. it is. And when I do things where it's comedic, that is so much fun because you got to make it funny. you got to fall. you got to tackle somebody. And um, you just have the best time. You have the best time. And that right. show is amazing. They are so loyal. Like, their background is um, they use over and over and over, and they've even given their background acting days, you know, where they say, wow. today you're an actor, you know, so they, they're very um, loyal. Family-oriented, to yeah. Yeah, and, and that goes to show a lot about what it's like on set if they are loyal to um, their background, their ambiance, the store, like right. the, the members of the store that make the um, – cast you know they're just it's amazing and stunt coordinator ben scott is great i first worked for him back in true blood on season right. one or two and i get to play a main ad again being in prosthetics it was awesome um, i remember so, you i remember uh, it was one of the one of the oldest things i've seen you in but true blood yeah. <laughs> did you like did you like true blood that was a great show Oh, I loved True Blood. I was addicted to it until the end. It was so great. I um, know. All the characters were fantastic. Uh, the the, oh, the uh, mid-season. Those, those ap- I mean, I remember the great day where, where that was the most, um, you know, when you see them all three, the naked on, on, I think it's Rolling Stone with blood dripping down with Anna Paquin. I think that was the most controversy we had at the time. I miss oh those days. I miss those days. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love that. Oh, I love that. that and, and there, I, I talk about background a lot because that's kind of where I came from. It's, they're my people. But um, yeah. the background on that, because when we were shooting my scene, the, uh, when I was a main ad, it was a huge orgy right. scene. And those backgrounds <laughs> were wearing, some of them were wearing nothing. And some of them were wearing next to nothing. It was nighttime out in Malibu, freezing cold. And That's not crazy. one of those background people complained. They were so amazing. And it Nobody just complained at like, all? Not one no, person? No, because everybody wanted to be on the show. No, everybody loved the show <laughs> so much because it had such wow. a great following that they were just so, I don't want to say grateful to be there, but everyone right. who was no, grateful there to on be that there. set. 
wanted to be there. And here I am in front yeah. of a little heater trying not to let my, you know, prosthetic hands melt. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they were amazing. It was, it was, that was a great set to be on too. I loved True Blood. Wow. Tammy, you know, yeah, it's like been I great said, talking to you. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. It's so I good mean, talking to you. Yeah, it's, it's an endless conversation with you. I mean, we can talk forever. And, and then you mentioned <laughs> because I can, I, I sincerely can talk to you about forever because I can spend another hour asking you what are your best TV shows to move. What's your favorite TV show from last, gonna... last year? Uh, say, say that sentence again. I'm sorry. Do, you have a favorite t- do you have a favorite TV show from last year? Mine's going to be The Mandalorian, by the way. What's yours going to be? Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, it's fantastic. Yes, I think I might have to copy you on that one. Oh, my goodness. I I love that. I was, like, so emotional, like, um, just crying and um, being happy and being worried. Like, I was like, oh, you know, like, I (laughs) thought that was amazing. Yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, did that? Did you Tell- binge watch it, or did you take your time? No, I took my time with it. Um, I watched it episode by episode, and then I would watch it one through eight. Uh, I would skip a couple episodes that were considered filler episodes, and then go with the concurrent episodes. Yeah. But the, the ah. last one, directed by Taika Waititi, is brilliant. Deborah Chow, uh, she directed episode three and seven. She's she ah. is a older. She's yeah. a miracle. Oh. And, and what I love about the Star Wars world now is it's starting to go into directing. And thank God that this is now because I do want to ask you, is that a part of your future? Is your future writing and directing or directing or is it going to be acting? I love acting so much. But right now um, I'm looking into uh, getting my stunt coordinator credentials. Um, yeah. But ultimately, I would love to produce and uh, definitely get my hand into directing. But yeah. I don't know. You know, those are just things that I, I think of and I want. I love shadowing people. Like when I'm on set, I am always behind the monitor. When I'm not in a scene, I love to be behind the monitors as close right. to Video Village as I possibly can be because I love to see right. what the director is seeing in the monitors. And so I'm always like I said earlier in this conversation, I'm like a sponge. Like I just love right. to learn. So it's you know, very curious. Uh, you have no, you have no bearing of what I had to say, but, but you know, you absolutely have that itch factor and there is, there is no doubt in my mind that whatever you coordinate your mind, you're going to, I would just straightforward about what you want to be. I should just do it because I have, I find it hard to believe that you can't, be 100% in whatever field you go into. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just seeing where the universe is going to take me and I'm so open, you know, for it. I love this industry and as long as I'm working in this industry, I will be happy because it makes me happy every aspect of it, the stress of it, the love of it, you know, every part of this industry is is my happiness. So we'll see where it leads me. And I'm looking forward to finding out. And like I said, I learn as much as I possibly can. So when I get those opportunities that I'm prepared for them. Well, thank you to your father, your, your mother and your grandmother for, for taking you this entire way and for you being who you are, because you're an amazing human being. I really appreciate you being on the show. How can we get in touch with you in the future? Do you have an Instagram, a Twitter, a, a Facebook? How can we, how can we see you All in that world three. and find out? I'm 
I have all three. So I'm very bad with my Twitter, which I have to get better at because I just okay. went to it and I was like, whoa. So thank you for all the mail. <laughs> um, but I am. I'm on um, everything is my name, Tammy Baird, T-A-M-M-I-E-B-A-I-R-D. And so my um, Facebook is Tammy Baird. My Instagram is Tammy underscore Baird. And um, my Twitter is Tammy Baird. I keep it simple. I just keep it very simple. Just me. Just Tammy Baird. Well, that's fantastic, Tammy. We, we can't wait to see your future and all the things you're involved in. We can't wait to see what you want to do and, and, and all your accomplishments. Is there anything you would like to leave us with? Um, I'd just like to say thank you to everybody who listened. That is awesome. And, you know, I just never – anybody who will listen, I love it. And I just hope you guys all had a good time, and I, I appreciate it. And have an awesome day. Again, there's the word awesome. Have an awesome day. <laughs> We have a huge crowd. They couldn't wait to hear from you. They're waiting in line. Uh, you were lovely to talk to. Uh, really bless you in everything that you do and, and your successes. And we can't wait to see all the successes that you have in your future. And see me, just like you saying awesome, I said uh, uh, success about a thousand <laughs> times as well. So, you know, we, we do the same thing in this industry, my friend. So oh, bless you and, and thank it. you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. It was so great talking to you. We'll have to actually do a lunch so we could have a face-to-face because I'm oh, very animated. So it, we'll have a great <laughs> conversation. I think, I think you and I will see us at the next Tours Awards. I think uh, that's Ooh, coming that's up very, very soon. I think you and I will see. We'll get, we'll, we'll get a, uh, a uh, what is it, a uh, Red Bull martini, and then we'll get wow. a, like, a, like a slider. Remember that I year? They, they're, they're those Red Bull martinis over there. They were fantastic. Red Bull has been a great supporter of stunts. Yes, I love them. They always support us. And having that event at Paramount, oh, ooh la la, it's so fancy, it's so fancy. Well, I Thank you, Tammy. I look forward to seeing you there. Oh, I'm going to see you there. We're going to have a great night. And, and thank you, Tammy. And, and God, when you win that Oscar, just, just say, uh, and for all those people I forgot, thank you so much, and we'll know it's us. Awesome. I will do that. I will be sure to do that. Thanks, Tammy. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> that was Tammy Baird on Cinephiles Radio. Wasn't that amazing? We talked about a lot of things. We talked about her father, an amazing human being who adopted her. Her mother, her grandmother, both pushing her to become an amazing artist. So we're just going to keep on pushing that along, that positivity that she talked about, that wanting to be excited to be on set. Did you hear what she said? I think that's very important to understand. Very positive attitude, enjoying what you do, loving what you do. That's important. We also talked about depression, how to handle depression Thank her for being honest. Thank you, Tammy Baird, for being honest with us about your own depression, how you handle it yourself, and how you think that other people can uh, can cope with it themselves as well. Really, really thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for another episode of Cinephiles Radio. I don't know what else to say to you other than that I, I love doing this radio show, and I, I, uh, I love you guys being here. I really appreciate it. We had Tammy Baird on today, great actress, stunt actress, soon-to-be stunt coordinator. 
maybe writer-director, who knows? I am positive of one thing. Whatever Tammy Baird directs herself towards, she will complete that. Thank you very much for joining us today. See her, see her at TammyBaird.com, Tammy Baird on Instagram, Tammy Baird on Twitter. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Steve Pisa. And you've been listening to Cinema Files Radio. Have a blessed day. <laughs>